0: Clay, if Discovery does one thing right, it's most mm. true to form in its Star Trek heritage and goals. <laughs> it, uh, it made a unsatisfactory shift to a new version of a starship uh, in the same registry line. I, I'm always a bit let down by every single Star shri- uh, starship that blows up in this series. I think the best one is Search for Spock is the best version of that possible. It mm-hmm. is Search for Spock where the Enterprise blows up, I think, right? Yeah, because yes. It, it, yes, it's not Voyage Home. Um, the Enterprise in Generations, I feel, is like really lackluster, the way that that chip goes down. I feel the defiance in DS9 is not very good. Discovery doesn't get destroyed, but it gets updated enough where it's a new version. It's version 2.0, and they give it a little A at the end of its registry number. So it's the new Discovery. As far as I can tell, it's... The cells are detached and it doesn't have little spokes on its wheel saucer anymore the spokes are gone it's just oh sure it's okay. it's just a hollow space in there and it looks a little bit more armored but i don't know you can yeah, either it's com- got a,
1: com- go ahead it's got that uh that 90s hollow yeah comic book comic book cover <laughs> texture. or tra- trading
0: cards too is yeah we yeah. can get the trading cards in that cover that's <laughs> yeah
1: i uh i actually didn't realize they put an a on it and i'm a little disappointed that they did because it's I don't know. I feel like the A is reserved for massive destruction, but I guess the the Enterprise A was just a retrofit. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, they hadn't blown up the, the original true. show ship when they did that. So yeah, that's true.
0: When did they? When did, I'm showing my. <clears throat> it's been so long. When did they change it to an A in the movies in after the, the motion? The picture? first movie.
1: Yeah, the first movie. It was an A.
0: Oh. Oh, well, there goes me. But I guess, I guess it doesn't have to be destroyed. It can just be retrofit enough, and this one certainly would be the case because now we're 32 years. We're in the 32nd century and everything is super advanced. All your technology rolls into one device.
1: I'm sorry. Because the one that we haven't seen is the C, right? Yeah. Well, you see the C in
0: yesterday's Enterprise.
1: Okay. You see the C in yesterday's Enterprise. So that means the B is the one from Generations. You don't see the B. No, uh, you do.
0: Oh, and and, and yes, in Generations. At the beginning
1: of Generations is the B. So does that mean that A... Are are they on they're on an they're on the enterprise in, in Star I, don't Trek think, five, I don't think right? it
0: gets I don't think it gets an A until they blow up the Enterprise yeah, I think and, you're right. in Search for Spock. And yeah. then the next one is the Enterprise A for a couple Yeah, movies. Which
1: that makes that makes more sense. Which sticks sticks with my line of reasoning even better, which is you don't get you don't get the A until you get blown up.
0: Right. It has to be it has to be a new new ship. I, I had also thought that. I'm glad we sorted it out. Hopefully people are okay with our information and damned if it's right and damned if it's wrong. <laughs> Let's talk about scavengers. We'll take a break. We'll play a clip from the episode. We'll come back and break it down. I was hoping against all logic we could explain her absence. <laughs> Sorry. No, uh, came into my room and Grudge was there and i sure she has a reason for keeping us both in the dark.
1: Commander Burnham left to pursue a mission of her own against my direct orders. Oh, shit, 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 shit. Sorry. My sentiments
0: exactly. Scavengers is the sixth episode of the third season of Star Trek Discovery. It first aired on November 19th, 2020. Written by Anne Kofel Saunders, directed by Douglas Arnie In universe, status 3189. In this episode, after receiving a message from Book, Burnham and Georgiao embark on a rogue mission to find him, leaving Saru to pick up the pieces with Admiral Vance. Meanwhile, Stamets forms an unexpected bond with Adira. Um... I was trying to think I was thinking about this. Uh Discovery Discover to me is the uh love songs like of Star Trek, where um there's a lot of love songs. There's a lot of songs <coughs> been written about love over the course of the past many centuries. Most songs, I would argue. Yeah. And they encompass a lot. There's like breakup songs I consider love songs, and there's mm-hmm. just straight love songs where you're declaring your love. There's let's get married songs. Torch songs. Yep. Um it's like all it's like, it's how how all crimes are hate crimes technically, uh, and so there's no reason to really distinguish them. It's all songs are love songs because you're usually doing some some variants of something you love. Um, Discovery is the love songs of Star Trek, in that I find there's a big distinction to me between love songs that I find relatable and accurate, and love songs that are written clearly with no respect to what love actually is as an emotion. Um, I'm, I'm going to put any any Coldplay song is a fake love song to me because it mm. writes you about love. The, What's that? You prefer the love songs that are about sharing
1: bank accounts. That's and. right. I, I
0: prefer the nuts and bolts about like yeah. we're going to have three accounts. <laughs> one is your checking, one is mine, and then one's a shared account. Um, Coldplay is fake love songs, songs like Yellow. It's mm-hmm. like it doesn't say anything, but it sounds like a love song. Sure. Um, songs like This Must Be the Place by Talking Heads, I find to be authentic love songs and that they are not schmaltzy and not, they're strange in a way. Like there, there's a strangeness to love that's very hard to encapsulate in a song. And when you start getting overly dramatic in your songs and your love songs, it comes to me across to me as very fake. And it's not the way that love is actually represented or felt by anybody. It's kind of a romantic conception <coughs> of what love is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I feel Discovery is that and Discovery is just leaning towards the schmaltzy this is what love is these this, these characters are feeling love this is love and everyone should recognize it as for what it is but it doesn't have any of the love song aspects that I like which is a kind of weirdness you know in the talking heads just sharing the same space kind of thing There's no. there's no like interesting aspect to the love that's going on it's just love that's it. All I could think about was Discovery. Is the, my least favorite version of love songs is what Star Trek Discovery is.
1: Um, well, I, for one, want to know what love is, and want you to tell me.
0: <laughs> uh, I have to get a I, hold on. Uh, I got to get a busload full of a black choir to come in and sing background while I explain this.
1: Please, please, I would love that <laughs> if I had that backing for everything I said on the show.
0: Swaying in the background, as, like as a prayer video. I think the singer's looking through like Venetian blinds at the, at the start of that. Sure. Of video.
1: <laughs> or is this love by White Snake, where it's just him walking in the rain, pondering? Mm-hmm. Um, Give her inches, yeah. feed her well. I'm not totally sure where to. Where, if you can't tell, I'm not totally sure where to jump off from there. But uh, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, <clears throat> my my thing with this show is. I feel like they're doing half of it right, and half of it they're just kind of spinning their wheels for reasons that I can't totally understand. Um, and to kind of go back on things that not go back because I think I, I, I can I can explain myself, but <clears throat> I I don't think that they've quite figured out how to reconcile themselves with a um, episodic and long term long form story structure yeah because we're six episodes in out of a 13 episode season and there's not really a plot an overarching plot happening there's a lot of stuff happening off screen
0: i guess no forward momentum to the story yeah really.
1: no forward momentum to the story and the stories that they are telling at least in this episode feel fairly uh i don't know rote, i guess mm-hmm. it's because, I again, I loved the Starfleet stuff. I thought the Starfleet stuff was great. Um, I liked everything with Saru I thought was good. I thought the Saru and Tilly scene was really good. And I, I I liked the scene at the end where Burnham actually has to face consequences for what she's doing, and it comes from Saru, which I thought was really good. But I don't know. The, the side quest to go rescue book from the planet – of the beginning of the running man. Just, I don't know <laughs> what set design and,
0: on that place though. Like it honestly, yeah. like it looks fantastic. Uh, it's a little, it's a yeah. little generic, but it, it looks fantastic in terms of how well done it is and everything like that. But honestly, the worst part about that, it was, it was George up to 11 for 25 minutes and it's like oh my god this is this is awful
1: well honestly honestly i didn't i didn't mind a lot of it i think because it actually gave her something to do yeah she has she has opposed to just standing around on the ship and just being snarky at people um she has to walk around in a
0: dump and be snarky to people yes
1: yes the thing that was killing me though was the end of this and it's like you're on this salvage planet where it's run by this person who they name dropped 15 times but you never see
0: they've name dropped that person before in previous episodes
1: too okay so obviously she's going to show up at some point uh but you've they they present this their set design is actually undercutting their the actual like production value of the show i don't know if production value is the right word but the amount of money they have to spend on like people Mm -hmm. because you you end up in a situation like we were in that episode of uh enterprise where they have to break out of the 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 prison have to break the people out of the prison and it's like we have this massive uh prison camp with all these people that we have to break out but there's only like eight guards and uh once you get past those eight guards and the first wall you're home free no problem and in this one they they shut down this entire uh slave operation and are only confronted by eight guys who they very easily destroy and then they just fly out and just blow everything up and there's no pushback like there's no it does it doesn't feel like they're actually escaping a a, a realistic
0: alliance a force a, a, yeah. a force that is competing with the federation at this point this orion Andorian alliance uh, between the two of them yeah
1: yeah it just feels like it feels like five guys you're doing a scene with five people in this massive set and you in your the amount of people that you have to do the scene doesn't support the set that you're trying to to, to pass off
0: yeah 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 you think being as valuable also on top place, of that it
1: was a it was a pretty stock story
0: yeah it's a it, it is <laughs> um on top of that it's just apparently the place is valuable. To the Orion and Dorians. They're stripping all the ships of their stuff and selling it, um, I guess, which is profitable enough. Um, and it's understaffed. So they re- they rely on they rely on uh, bombs implanted in people's heads to stop them, <laughs> stop them from escaping and all that stuff. Uh we'll probably get into I mean, it's as good a place as any to start. I guess you have to start at the start. So um Burnham. What's the best way to encompass all of this? So to go back to your lack of like serialized strength combined with episodic stuff, uh, I completely agree. We've talked about this before, that they're fairly bad at doing this. And then I think the, the, the way that it's bad to me is that their episodic standalone storylines feel like they have gravitas to the point where they're going to continue later on down the season. So mm-hmm. you have these strange stories that are very small, and the smallness of them almost makes you think that something here is being built that they're going to extrapolate on later. I think of the Adir and Stamets storyline here where you, you think that this is – it's such an introductory level story that you expect that this is going to come back. But I would bet that this never comes back again. I would bet that they hardly ever talk to each other going forward and you, you're going to wonder sort of what the point of it is. I guess the, what I'm saying is that the, their episodic standalone stories are not full enough – to be Mm -hmm. constrained to one episode. It feels like it's only hinting at things, but it's not. And so what they have to do is, like the the Stamets and Adira, the writers just go, these two characters have the same thing in common. They'll have a story with each other. I don't even know what you really learned about this, besides the fact that they have both dealt with death and not death at the same time. So they Mm -hmm. bond over that. But there's nothing else to that story. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing else propelling that. There's nothing else going on, and I don't even really relate to it. Could you? Can you imagine <clears throat> how in, it, uh, if if
1: um, if Adira wasn't a trill, yeah, and was just someone who was was uh, uh, missing their loved one who had died? Could you imagine how insane that conversation would sound if they're sitting at at at, at dinner or whatever, and Stamets is like, you know. I understand it. You lost someone who you loved and which w- that happened to me as well. And I had a very finite understanding of what life and death was until I realized that death is very fluid and there is a possibility that I could bring that person back to life <laughs> from the dead. And it's like I'm sorry. What?
0: Have they even talked about the fact that Cobra <clears throat> was a mushroom man for a little bit of time? Like if it, they it's a, really, it's a big thing. To, there's a big thing to yeah, drop
1: on her. They really uh gloss over that whole thing where it's just
0: it's talking about it's like <laughs> did colbert even die i was sitting there going would i consider colbert dead at this point like it, it doesn't feel like he died it feels like he went missing for a couple weeks and then he came yeah. back and, and was <laughs> it's
1: the, the treatment of that in the show reminds me of um uh, uh creed the movie creed where you're watching band. this you, <laughs> i wish <laughs> uh Where you're watching this like really down-to-earth movie about Apollo Creed's son coming to visit uh, uh, Rocky Balboa and trying to deal with the fact that his father died and all this kind of stuff. And they really kind of gloss over, at least for the first one, the fact that Apollo Creed, this guy's father, was killed by a Russian super soldier boxer Mm -hmm. that... Rocky himself then had to go to Russia to defeat and destroy communism. So it's like this super superhero super extraordinary element of the story that is just kind of like kind of brushed to the side so they yeah. could deal with the more human aspect of it, which you know, whatever, it's fine. But it's just I always find it funny when you kind of take a step back and realize the human down-to-earth story they're telling inside of the crazy shit that has happened before it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel it's different from previous Star Treks somehow for that? Um
1: not not really actually because i feel like in other star treks you would have the same level of conversation about it but it seems more uh like if this was on tng i could imagine them having this conversation uh, where S- riker is talking to someone whose brother died and he's like you know i had a uh, kind of a brother who died once too and mm-hmm. like kind of make reference to it but you're like oh yeah tom riker blah 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 blah, blah. but since this show everything's connected the fact that it's more serialized makes it that much of a bigger deal cuz the first thing i was thinking in that scene was is he going to try to bring a dearest boyfriend back from the dead right like is that the end game here like i i don't know what else they do other than that right
0: <laughs> he's like we've both, both dealt with life and love and death except my guy came back maybe we can yeah. bring your guy back too because it, maybe it, it might work for us
1: it's like having man. that conversation with Dr. Frankenstein. He's like, well, you know, there is something we can do about this if you really want to try. Yeah. Like, oh,
0: well, a- no, I think it's just um, Adira adjusted the spore drive, which her, her feeling that it's okay for her to just tinker on the most important bit of technology that they have yeah. in this galaxy with no permission, and Stamets doesn't react at all to it. He's just like, oh, fantastic. You tinker to the that spore there drive.
1: Are- that there are no schematic records of because right. it's been wiped <laughs> from existence. It's
0: just 16 year old. is just going to hit it with a hammer. It's just the, yeah, the Seinfeld story of the I, old man. I, I do want to, I do want to jump back to
1: the retrofit thing for a second. Cause I do have a problem with the retrofitting of the ship. Um, retrofitting the ship, updating all the technology, giving them the new com badges and stuff. Uh, I don't know. Uh, like I, part of, part of the charm of sending discovery into the future is, and having this one one element of it that is so much more advanced even than the stuff that they're using in the future, I feel like you kind of under... Don't, don't, isn't this undercutting everything you did in the last episode where they're like, only we can fly this ship because only we know how to handle everything? Well, you just sent a bunch of guys in there to retool everything and update all the technology, and yeah. now everybody's just fine with it.
0: Yep, yep. And it, I think on a thematic level, it undercuts the we're bringing the Federation back argument that they were supposed Mm. to be having which is that that's most strongly represented by having a ship of that era that's supposed to have those values or those sort of like beliefs and things and then bringing you into the future I don't understand what the point is besides you know just it's something new to do the ship has detached nacelles now which they you know I it's one of those. It's, I don't need an explanation. Though. Like it makes it more maneuverable. It's like how the fuck? What, who cares? Sure. It's like, it's, you know, like <laughs> it makes it more maneuverable.
1: You realize the 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 chief movement of this ship is it spins in a circle, oh, and it right? Just, like it,
0: in <laughs> the first season when they fought the Klingons, it, they did it by just it would jump, you know, to different places every second and fire right. from a different position. It's like the thing doesn't yeah. need to be more maneuverable. It's perfectly maneuverable. I don't know. Also. I do. I think
1: the summation of these changes and and what bothers me about them is uh, encapsulated in the new com badge. I think the new com badge is a very discovery com badge, and that it feels like the uh, Klingon flag bearer suit of yeah, com badges. The flame bearer, because yeah. yeah, if you look at the badge up close, it look it's really nice looking. It's got you know the two different tone thing, and you know it's 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 a nice it's a nice looking badge. But on television it looks like about an inch and a half high mm-hmm. and it's just an oval and you're not close enough to appreciate the symbol or anything like if you go back and you look at any other com badge from the history of the this the series the delta is the is the the, the focal point yeah. and it stands out like having that triangle on your chest says star trek yeah. having that oval on your chest that nothing. you can't really tell that there's – I don't know. it's not, It just feels like it's it's over-designed, and it looks nice when you get up close to it, but when you insert it in the body of the show, you go, ugh, nah, this doesn't really work for me.
0: What do you think of it as, as – I'll a, still
1: probably buy it, though, because
0: I'm a <laughs> What do you think of it in terms of tech for the story for them to have? I think it's – Again, I – sorry, go ahead. <clears throat> it's um, – it makes – sense it's kind of it's the same thing i feel about the nacelles really it's like it's an update that i can understand but on some level it feels more like it's a strangely divorced from the narrative technical update that Mm. isn't really all that important to anything so right like you know how they They say that they can call up their schematics or whatever off of it so that whenever they're typing on something, they can just be wherever they want. And the little computer thing pops up in front of them and then Mm -hmm. they can type on it. It just doesn't do anything to change the series. You know, it's like uh, when when they start doing that, am I going to be like, where the fuck did this come from? Like, how how the hell are they ever going to it's I'm kind of just going along with it. And the only other thing that I think is kind of interesting is that it's got a personal transporter in it, which they use for a fairly effective joke here, which is just the line that keeps beaming into places. But yeah, that was pretty good. You know, and so it feels, it it just feels (laughs) not even James Bondy in the sense like I could have, I would have expected a discovery episode to be. Michael Burnham, here's your new communicator. And the episode revolves around her using the new communicator in all the different right. ways that it actually functions and gets something out of it. But here it's just, it's a scene spent on the crew sort of fanservice-ly geeking out on this new technology mm-hmm. and then minor gags that are built around what this thing can do now. Instead of Instead of discovery adapting to what new technology is, they just... They just get new tech and they're just like, Yeah, we're totally cool with it. And she isn't the person installing it has a line about like, well, it'll the, the Mavis Beacon software is so advanced that you can just you'll get used to it the longer that you work with and they go, That's fantastic. That's great.
1: Much more advanced than the Mavis Staples
0: version. A S <laughs> D F um, J K L Semi.
1: I uh I do think it's it's another version of what we've talked about in the past with what they do with character stuff, isn't it? Where it's like they give the character an a, a flaw or an element that in traditionally is the crux of what that character does moving forward and then they just resolve it yeah so in this case you've got you send the discovery of the future it's all old technology the only they can work which becomes a story point for one episode and then after that they just solve it and yep. now it's all future tech and yep. i the only thing i can see coming from it is tilly seems to know her way around it very quickly yeah so, Seemed very confident, maybe in this, uh, confident and capable yeah. in this episode. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that plays into maybe she becomes <laughs> this would be quite a jump for her, but not for the show. That she ends up being the new number one. Yeah, I know, but everyone, uh, it's,
0: this is just like a 902 dating scenario. It's like everyone's going to get a shot at being number one for a little bit to yeah. see who, who works out. Burnham, you know, it, it goes into the Burnham header shot and now failed. Uh, it's just the the rapidity of which things change, you don't, you don't, in two episodes from now, I'm not going to remember that Burnham was ever number one. You know, it's like, it's such Mm -hmm. a minor thing that he's like, you now have to serve on the science officer and you're not my number one, which makes the the tears feel fraudulent because he just gave her the position seven minutes ago in terms of the story. So, and and nothing changed for her. No, like there's no, they didn't even have a scene together where they're like, he's like, what do you think? Number one, she she didn't have time to do that. Just phase off. Yeah.
1: Nothing changes for her 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 the way she acts is not in uh at least up to this point. I mean unless that's part of the unless that's part of the point is that she didn't change the way she acted so she got demoted. Yeah. Does that change the way she acts going forward? My money's on no.
0: But why but- why why is that the, I I hate Burnham the way that she's written. <laughs> I don't I don't understand Burnham because and the show the show does not seem to accept her either because the start of this is like she goes back to her pilot ways, right? She's like, I don't want to do this. I'm going to do what I want to do. Fuck you, Saru. I'm going to go off and do this. Saru has to take the blame for her, essentially, by mm-hmm. dealing with Vance and admits that like, he's like, I couldn't control the officer, and he gets uh, reprimanded for it. Burnham comes back, and when Admiral Vance has talked to them, he's like, he's like, Michael Burnham, you betrayed your orders. It's bad on you. Then he turns to Saru and says, Saru, didn't you realize that this is Michael Burnham and she told you something and you didn't tell me about it? It's like, why the fuck yeah. would Saru tell you? Like, there's no reason outside of this character in the show being like, Michael Burnham is always right. That Saru is at fault in any way for what he did here. There's no reason for him to go to there and talk about it. She's I, saving one guy, one guy. And he's like, we have to be able to jump to save a planet full of people. What are you talking about? Why didn't Saru tell you? Why would Saru tell you that? It's irrelevant. Yeah, I
1: found that that scene... <clears throat> Excuse me. I found that scene very confusing because the, the the tone versus what he was actually saying, I found very incongruous. Because he's doing the angry police lieutenant, police captain thing, reprimanding uh, Crockett and Tubbs, but he's also he's also going like, "Thank you for doing what you did. If anybody else had done that, I would have given them a standing ovation. But you know, you have to. You went against your orders. But that being said." the thing that you did was actually really good and it actually helped us out quite a bit. And I'm like, <laughs> what's going on? I don't yeah. understand. Like, you're talking about the fact that the that the, that the the Federation can't focus on the burn, but you're also saying she did a great job and you're also reprimanding her. And like, I, I don't... I, I'm kind of lost as to...
0: Is like Burnham kinda, to blame? Is Burnham to blame? Did Burnham do the wrong thing in this show? She, in my opinion... She did the wrong thing professionally, but not personally. Mm -hmm. But the show is like she did both professionally and personally the right thing to do because Starfleet rewards her at the end and she saves Book. But she left an entire planet or whatever the fuck they're defending Mm. without her serving as the number two in that chain of command there. yeah, And she fucked off to save the guy that... She's apparently been sleeping with. I have to assume at this point. Like, there's, there's, you know, I don't. Well, that's don't,
1: a that's another conversation we can have in a bit. But yeah, go continue.
0: That, but and that so she goes off and saves book, and you can say Burnham saving book at that point works on a personal level. I can understand her going off and be like, I'm going to save the guy that I'm in love with, and I I'm sorry, but I have to abandon my post. I say that's fine. The only way to pay that off is that Vance doesn't respect it as a Starfleet decision because it's not respectable in terms of like a military decision that she would just fuck off like that and go do whatever mm-hmm. she wanted to do. But Vance at the end yells at Saru. Saru, you mm-hmm. should have told me that Michael Burnham told you this is going on because even though it makes no fucking sense whatsoever, mm-hmm. it was the right thing to do. And therefore, you are wrong for not telling me the thing that in retrospect turned out to be the right thing to do through various plot machinations. Yeah, it's kind of the Star Trek version
1: of in like cartoons where one one character does something wrong and then the other one tells on him and then the one who did the thing wrong gets punished and then the other person also gets punished yeah. for snitching yeah it's that it's that kind of thing yeah i found it very uh like the it was one of those things where it's uh, the emotion of the scene versus what's actually happening wasn't super uh didn't line up because if i if if you took out english and just had them speaking gibberish i think the scene actually works better mm mm-hmm. Because the intensity of Vance is clear,
0: the tears on the faces of Saru and Burnham is, is yeah, clear it is that has happened. Yeah,
1: and so it's like if, if all if all you're hearing is gibberish and seeing their emotional reactions, like okay, Vance is mad at them, uh, then he leaves, and then Saru is mad at her, and clearly she gets demoted or something. Yeah, perfect, makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, I just it's it was kind of for for a show that that. It's sort I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's just uh, the, the emotionality of it is so intense that the the specifics of what being said got a little bit muddy, I think.
0: Yeah. I just think it's, <clears throat> honestly, just think it comes back to the show believes that Burnham's a hero. And I don't understand why the show thinks that at all. Um, <laughs> in In the... Within the constraints of what the show is, which is a semi-militaristic outlook on stuff where every other prize series has had importance on chain of command and that there's a reason like betraying betraying your commanding officer and doing something is a punishment in other series. And it's a punishment within the context of what this organization is supposed to be. This, they haven't moved past the <clears throat> hierarchy of command structure. There's still admirals mm-hmm. and there's still captains and everything like that. It's not like they're in some sort of utopian everyone is equal and we all kind of like do whatever we want to do while working as a group. There's still a structure to it. And I just find Burnham's decision at the start is unthinkable to me for, <laughs> for a combination of, well, it's kind of like a lot of things in this episode in particular – I understand the decision that is ultimately made, but there's no groundwork that makes me feel like any of that is reasonable that they make that decision. So if we had spent a season with Book and I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, Burnham and Book really like each other, totally makes sense that Burnham would abandon Starfleet to go after Book. They've Mm -hmm. been together for about five minutes over the course of the series. And so I don't buy that she would go off and do that. I don't buy the George Al relationship. I hate georgia and burnham talking to each other i really don't i really wish they would not not talk to each other whatsoever and then at the end it's the decision of stamets and adira and adira getting to work on the spore drive and all this stuff it it all just piles into this i don't i don't find any of this grounded and any of this built up to the point where i'm supposed to feel bad for anybody
1: yeah the um they're incredibly lucky that uh Book and Burnham have incredible chemistry together Mm -hmm. because that's the only thing carrying anything the two of them are doing because you get – in this episode, you get this – you were saying that they're apparently sleeping together. I don't think they were. I think what they're doing is trying to do the – they're basically uh, off-screen Sam and Dianning the whole thing Yeah, where it's uh, – they are kind of doing the will they, won't they – but we didn't see any of it. We're just we're just coming in at the last episode of the season when they finally get together. Yeah, and so th- the only thing carrying this relationship where they're kissing in the turbo lift is the fact that the chemistry between them is very very good. Yeah, there is no like like you said, we've seen the two of them on screen together for maybe a combined well, if you it, minus the first episode where it's just them. Since then, they've been on screen together for combined maybe ten minutes. Yep. And it's just difficult to really care or buy into that sort of, oh, they're finally making out now after a, a, a year of not doing that. Yeah, it's, right. <laughs> I, you know, I don't see, I don't know how they're, I don't even know what their relationship has really become. Yeah. You know, so it's, well, it's, it's tough show, to really.
0: It's the show skipping. It's been a constant theme of discovery. They skipped the time that Burnham spent in the future without discovery. They just skipped mm-hmm. over. They glossed over it. But all of the decisions being made by the characters are built off of that time period. So if you yep. don't see the time period, any decision she makes from there just seems insane because you haven't mm-hmm. spent any time in. They could have had a a book and her could have had the most passionate blue ball relationship imaginable. And this would make more sense that she would go after him. But it's instead, the only time we see him is when they meet and they're not friendly with each other. And then the one episode where she, you know, she walks out with long hair. She's like, ah, book, great work with you, buddy. He's like, right back at you, Michael. And then they walk to the cafeteria or whatever. It, it's, well, it's a, oh, go ahead. go ahead. No, that, that's pretty much it. It's Discovery always skips the building action of the plot and it jumps yeah. to the end of it. And it's like, mm-hmm. just buy into it just buy into that this is where this relationship is how else are these supposed to, people supposed to feel each other uh, feel about each other except after 9 months they must be in love they must be yeah. there's no other way that this could possibly go i feel
1: like i've said something like this before but the discovery style of storytelling is like someone else telling you what about what happened so like if i if if i went to see a movie and I was hanging out with somebody afterwards and they hadn't seen the movie and they asked me what happened and, you know, this was the movie. And I would say, oh, so there's these two characters, Book and Burnham. They were together for a year. She was lost in the future. They were together. He was the only person they had time to spend time with. And, you know, they, they work together for a year and then he gets separated and she has to go save him. And when she saves him, they finally make out. And the person listening goes like, oh, that sounds great. It's the same thing where it's like on this show... They're just kind of telling you what happened before, and they only show you the payoff. Right. And it's like across the board with this show, is that's what they do. They don't most like
0: storytelling. Most of the, the narrative storytelling. is assumed, really. it's uh, yeah, Most of it's the narrative is narrative. you can connect to the dots, and there's nothing <coughs> un- illogical about the way that it works. But they right. they skip over the connective tissue that makes the ending be sensible to somebody. Like, mm-hmm. your plot, de- your plot explanation... It logically lays out. That makes sense as a narrative. It's just yeah. at the end of your telling the person about the movie, be like, but the actual movie is just the last two sentences I said to you. Like I, I assume right. that I walked right. in half I walked in forty five minutes late to the movie. I'm assuming that's what happened in the first half of the movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very odd. I don't know if it's a
1: uh a symptom of trying to do too much or having too many characters to bounce back and forth between or what, but it's like I feel like you got two shows going this season, fighting for screen time. Um, one of them is better than the other one. I think the the Star Trek show is better than yeah, the better Love than, Story show. Than
0: Burnham's, yeah.
1: But again, but again, it's. It, could you imagine if Book was like Ash Tyler?
0: I know, right. I,
1: it, like the <laughs> the the only reason this comes close to working is because those two are so good together on uh, on
0: screen. Yeah. Yeah. I like the actor. He's, he's very good. He's, yeah, he's um, great. He's yeah. easily charming. Uh, I do want to just talk a bit about George and everything. Like I, I just I. Building off of last episode, they're definitely trying to jam a story into her, and just be like, "You must have something to do." She's crying about her son bleeding or something. His son dies. Oh, is, did she say that? Because I thought that was really. <laughs> I think she says son. I'm pretty sure. That's yeah, what when, she
1: says. when they do that weird flashback and she's like, son, I'm like, okay, thank you for telling me.
0: They can't say a name, right? It's a no, no, <laughs> the dying parent who goes, son, <laughs> son, <laughs> it's not a name. It's not a, it's just, we have to let the audience know this is a family member that she's crying about. Um, Why
1: isn't it Burn? I mean, obviously we don't know enough about the story, but didn't isn't Burnham dead in that universe? Yes. Why? Is, I'm surprised they didn't just use Burnham, but I'm sure it's.
0: Maybe, yeah, but. I'm sure
1: <laughs> her son dying will somehow be used to humanize her and make her less of a space Hitler. But
0: I don't. I dis. I really dislike uh, the dialogue between Jojo and Burnham when they're going off. It is uncomfortably casual. Well, she's like, she, Georgiou herself is making fun of Tyler. She's like, remember that guy Ash Tyler used to date? That was crazy. And was like, oh, what are we going to do about that? Mm-hmm. I don't like the tone between the two of them. I don't really understand the basis of their relationship. I think that Georgiou's freak out here. The one moment of this episode that really I thought it was good, and of course they undershoot it immediately, is when, When they're trying to shut off the fence to let everybody out, Georgeou has one of her seizure moments and can't Mm -hmm. act. And it's like, oh, some actual drama. But then she just wakes up and hits the button anyway. You know, so it's like Mm -hmm. there's no a better written show. That's a cliche scene of Georgeou having that seizure stops the rescue attempt from happening. And then it's like then they're in prison and Burnham's like, "What the hell happened back there?" And she's like, "It's been happening for three months. I'm sorry I didn't tell you." But it's this. instant drama that's instantly remedied it's just like here's a dramatic beat and we'll just fix it she wakes up and she pushes the button um right i don't have much else to say about Jojo. she's George is one of the worst characters i've ever seen in television i think it's like she's awful she has no there's nothing to her and performance is bad the character is bad when she's interacting with the orion guy it's like the worst hacky dialogue i've ever heard in my life where she's like maybe i'll chop your head off next time i'm here and he's like i'd like to see you try to chop my head off and it's like what the fuck i will
1: i'll do it i'll chop your head
0: off <laughs> i will do it I burnham's like i've seen her chop her head off i've seen it happen <laughs> it's just so stupid she'll do it she's not kidding she will do it <laughs> and do you, yeah, have any you know any about george al burnham anything <clears throat> like that there's a I, I feel dis. i feel disjointed talking about this episode i didn't like this episode <laughs> but i also don't um I, don't, I think that this one was a reversion from where I uh, I liked the past couple episodes and the changes they were making, but by sidelining Vance and the Federation, it seems like a lot of my goodwill is bundled up into those guys and mm-hmm. that group. And I don't know. Whatever you think.
1: Yeah. Um, as far as George Al goes, I, I think I've kind of figured out what it is about her that really annoys me. We, we've talked about her performance and it's not her performance but the the what she's being the dialogue being written for her doesn't really work um and i think i figured out what it is because i think vance has elements of it too and this is going to make me sound like an old man but i think the dialogue at least for those two is just too contemporary sounding and I think that ends up undermining the character in a weird way. Like, during that argument at the end with Vance and... Uh, would you say <clears> contemporary
0: he, or casual? I
1: say I would say that she talks too casually. I think it's I think it's a, it's one and the same. Okay. It's like modern 2020 type dialogue. And that's what kind of takes me out of it. In the scene with Vance at the end when he's reprimanding Burnham, he says, uh, for a hot second, it looked like we were going to have to... And I was like, a hot Is that, second? Is that what he said? <laughs> What? Yeah, that's not something an admiral at Starfleet would say in the thirty-first century or something. You know, yeah, it's a, it's like I'm not I'm not looking for, for like Thor dialogue where everything is a thou and then yeah you know, Shakespearean level that. dialogue yeah yeah but it's just like there's there's some uh, modern colloquialisms that make their way into the dialogue that I think work better with characters like Tilly or even Burnham but you've got other characters who are all written kind of the same way. And so you've got Georgiau kind of speaking the sassy modern dialogue the same way that Tilly and uh even like Stamets do and it just doesn't sit because her that's doesn't really fit for her character, you know.
0: I um I I, I I'll meet you halfway on that. I would I would agree and modulate, but just say I think that she sounds too casual with them mm-hmm. and Contemporary is kind of the same thing, but they, they don't, they don't have a. There is not a. It's like
1: it's like if it's like if Riker came in and was like it was like I saw your report, Jordy, and my only the only thing I can say about it is where's the beef? <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> yeah. it's just it doesn't
0: it just doesn't fit. I would agree. I, I think th- there's a lack of rigidity to their r- roles, where the admiral should be speaking kind of a certain way and. I I, per, I definitely prefer Vance's performance and writing over George I think that he, I do too. he, he at I least he's feels road, yeah. semi like he's supposed to be. I think that Michelle Yo is not intimidating enough for the role of George I think if George was delivering these lines in a more solemn kind of like quiet evilness, mm. it's better. But she. She's practically like cackling as she says. She's like, "Ha! I would right. like to see that happen." And it's like, "What the fuck? <laughs> this is awful." And and the the way that they play her as a badass is that she can take extreme amounts of punishment and not go down <laughs> from it. You know, but if she was a if she was a brooding, quiet, like creepily scary person where it wasn't so clownish and in your face all the time, I think she's a be- mm-hmm. it's a better portrayal that way where. There's not this kind of court jester, jokester thing going on with her. It's like the the conversation was with Burnham. Even if Georgia was portrayed as more of disturbed, like more like there's something like unhinged about this person. She's not played that way. She's just played as a a Bond villain who's like, I bet you will, Mister Bond. Why don't you tie? You know, if she got tied down with a tied down to a table with a laser between her legs, she would be the one that's just like yelling at the Orion and insulting him as it's happening. You know, and I, I don't think I mean, that works.
1: I guess to be fair though, she is from the mirror universe and the mirror universe's hallmark is overacting That's and true. She should swing and end up like a Bond villain. <laughs> like tell you're telling me that uh mirror universe Kira wouldn't act the exact same way?
0: That's true, but it's at least in those series, the mirror universes were consistent like those the mirror universes were sort of corny goofball areas to go into True. I don't think yeah. the t o s it was really that way t o s is trying to play it as more of like hey, this is a dictatorship that's gone mm-hmm. gone wrong mm-hmm. the the goatee and the facial hair has taken another life outside of that. but <laughs> here like. I feel like Georgiou was more effective in her mirror universe. But when they plucked Mm. her out of it, I don't even really remember, but this is like my mind's eye. When they plucked her out of it and she became this sort of freewheeling, let me stand at comms and crack a few jokes and have dinner with all of you, you really lose track of what that character is supposed to be. And she's just just not threatening enough. If I don't think they're going to do
1: this because they seem to be working towards like evening her out but this season feels like there should be a subplot where George appears to betray everybody. Yeah. Like uh, whatever when it comes down to finally meeting up with the uh, Orion and Dorian syndicate and what the hell's the 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 queen lady's name? I can't remember what it is.
0: Sissius or something. It begins with a S or C I think. I can't remember what her name is.
1: Whatever it is. When they meet up with with the the leader of that group, it feels like George Ao should be like, yeah, I can give you everything you want. Just let me let me join your group or something like that. Because, jo- otherwise, what's the point of having her? Unless you're going to do a, a turn like that, right? Yeah, because that's that's I I generally like characters in in that vein. I think they're always a good when you've got a group of people who are all focused on one on one singular like goodness. Throwing in a character whose ambiguity is 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 always in play, only generally yep. makes for a better story, but that's only if you use it. Like having a character who you never know what they're gonna do, what side they're gonna fall on, even if they ultimately always fall on the good guy side, is is really fun. Um, I, I it's. <laughs> The I I, re, I refer to this only because it's the first time I ever encountered it. But um, on Beast Wars, the Transformers show, there was the character of Dinobot who was a Decepticon mm-hmm. who ends up getting kicked out or something and ends up coming over to the Autobot side and joining their group. But he's a bad guy, so every time they do something, they're always like, eh, "Watch this guy. We don't know what he's going to do." Right. And they ultimately are always have a story where it looks like he's going to do something bad, but then he ends up, you know, proving that he's on the good guy's side. And uh, uh, if you're not going to do that with that character, I don't know why you have it.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, the character's name is Osyra too. O-Syra. Osyra. I knew O-Syra.
1: it was a, some sort of like lopped off, not Osiris. It's Osyra. I knew it was just a little bit short. Yeah.
0: People were confusing. The first time she was mentioned, I think they were saying they thought it was Cyrus, who I think is the cowboy guy in the second episode, the villain of the second episode. Oh, sure. Sure.
1: Um,
0: but it's not I him. also,
1: I completely forgot about the black box thing. I didn't realize that was something that had come up before. So when they were when they were talking about that as the motivation for this whole plot, I was like, "Black box, you're pulling another thing out of out of thin air to that we don't have any connection to to motivate your movement, yeah. motivate your story here." And it's like this. This key to the larger story that you're just talking about now, but I guess they had talked about it previously
0: once. Yeah, if I'm remembering it correctly, she in the Mm. second or whatever episode where she's explaining what she's been doing for the past year, she meets an Endorian who gives her one of those. So I think she's been trading and collecting them. Uh, They're being used to tell that the ships did not all explode at the same point. It was apparently a beacon that she can triangulate and they'll figure out where this signal origin started. Sure. Um, Is there, I don't know if we've already talked about
1: this, forgive me if we have, is there any answer to this mystery that is going to be in any way satisfying?
0: No. It's more interesting to me if it is a natural event, honestly. If it was just a strange, the universe took a step and we all got stuck behind, but it looks like it's going to be... Burnham's great 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 granddaughter, who's been you know sitting on this planet where she pushes a button and blows up all the ships or something like that. There's there's no possible good outcome in my opinion. If there is, we'll see. But I I doubt that I'm going to be amazed by it. The
1: the only thing that would make me like clap only because I don't know. I it's I'm I'm always such a sucker for this. It's an easy win for me. It was if if they if they follow. The beacon back to where the signal came from and it's a borg cube or yeah. something Nine. something like that where it's like okay <laughs> you got me
0: they got I'm us in. eventually yeah
1: i'm i'm here for future borg let's see what that
0: looks like last point about and then george...
1: future future borg is like i'm gonna send this element of myself that i refer to as control back into the past <laughs>
0: right yeah, to, to to clean up all these messes uh the last thing i'll say about george Yao, very fitting of discovery. And one of the things they don't like where on the way back where Burnham is like, what happened back there? And Georgia says that happens. Um, Georgia has a thing where she sits sort of like trembling on the verge of tears. And Burnham says, it's okay to be sad. You're not in the, the Terran Empire anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so terrible. So Why are they friends? I don't understand why they're friends. No. I mean, I guess they... George Newer, I don't know why Burnham is accepting of her, but it's it's that scene just annoys me because it's just it's again just focusing on this emotion that I don't understand where it's coming from and it feels like it's just a therapy session where it's like yeah, it's okay to cry. You can have a cry right here. George Yao. I know I know you're fascist dictator that slaughtered billions of people. But if you, you want to have a little cry on this side, if that'll set things straight, that's fine with me. Hey, man, dictators have emotions too. They do, and they're people too. But they will feel bad when they cry, I guess. So um, that's pretty much it for Scavengers, which I thought was a pretty – Scavengers <sighs> reminds me of Scattershot. I felt it was a Scattershot episode. Um, not one of my favorites. I, uh,
1: I saw this one getting actually quite a bit of good press on on twitter and Mm -hmm. stuff um and i'm not totally sure why because i don't think i didn't think it was a train wreck but i also didn't think it was anything special either I, i like i i think they've done better episodes this season than this one
0: yeah yeah i think so too um i don't know i don't know what uh i still haven't gotten a good answer about what people an answer that surprised me about people who think this is good what they like about it um it's usually a response to me saying i don't like something they say they do which is obviously subjective and fine but i i i just have a hard time i don't i don't see the reviews that i see for positive of this feel like they're ignoring the problems sort of it's like a weird yeah. endorsement by just being like well just ignore everything that's wrong with it and focus on the few things that work and then it's a good show and i don't know yeah I
1: mean that I guess that you could say that about any show
0: I guess. You can say that about any political candidate. Uh you can say you could say it about any show too. It's just
1: is it is it succeeding by attrition? Like it's just sticking yes. around long enough that, that people That that is familiar what's familiar definitely. The, the people who
0: are still watching it are the people who had not completely given up on it. So you're going to see a skew towards more positive reviews. Yeah.
1: Maybe. I mean, I'll be honest, even I I feel like my I've and I'm not saying that I, I should be harsher on this season because I do think it, it has better elements in this season than it, it did in previous seasons, but I even feel like my approach has been smoothed out quite a bit to this show. Like, I, watching this episode, I was like, yeah, it's fine. You know, it was, I'm I'm interested in this. They got me with the Starfleet stuff. Can I kind of hand wave the lack of storytelling and the stuff I don't like? I guess so, but... I, I it, that's just me watching it personally, but if I'm get, if I'm going to talk about it and get analytical about it, yeah, there's plenty of stuff that just is uh, um, not meeting not meeting the bar.
0: I feel the season's weaker than season two, honestly. Uh, season two,
1: I I do too, actually. I, think. I, I felt I like think the, it,
0: the plot and the plot that was driving everything was much more uh focused and obvious yeah. as to what it was, and the 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 episodes that sprang up off of the let's find the red Angel thing felt like a nice way to dip into episode of the week type stories and while mm-hmm. you still had a spine of a story going on in the background here i I like the spine just seems to be the the problems that discovery and the crew are having in the thirty second century, but it's it's not it's not focused or coherent enough for me to care about it. They're having when they have one-off episodes it's like the dinner party scene where people are fucking freaking out about it, but then they're all fine the next episode. Everyone's just like, yeah, Yeah. it's just back to work. Everything's cool. We don't have any problems. Detmer, good job flying the ship. I don't tell you enough, Detmer. You do a bang-up job out there flying the ship around, but you're doing a great job. And so because there's no... And the stuff they thought was going to be it has seems to be untrue. When we got here, they're like, the Federation doesn't exist. And you're like, the Federation doesn't exist. Second episode, mm. let's go find the Federation. Here it is. Second <laughs> and then Yeah. You go, okay. All right. I guess there's I'm not rebuilding the Federation. I'm not dealing with the trauma of jumping into the future. So what am I dealing with? What's the story that's driving this one? Right. Yeah. It's a lot of
1: it it does feel like a lot of wheel spinning. And I think that's why part of what they haven't figured out how to handle as far as episodic versus uh serialized stuff because you end up kind of going in a circle because you're not really committing to one over the other yeah um whereas and i i wonder if this is going to be the case um season two i think was a better journey with a worse payoff yes payoff was so bad i'm in wondering season two. yeah it was terrible but i'm wondering if this season is going to be if this is just them like spinning their wheels to get to the good stuff for the last like three episodes. They have a, they I'm have not a great gonna,
0: payoff, but they're not sure how to arrive yeah, in an effective I, we, way.
1: We just, uh, we just recorded um, for Rottenheart Picture Show a movie called Society, which is not a good – I refer to it as it's not a good movie, but it's a great movie mm-hmm. because it's got this final 15 minutes that are just like anything – unlike anything you you will ever see in a movie – but to get up to that point, it's a lot of like kind of wheel spinning and just sort of like going through the motions to an extent. Um, and whether or not I kind i I am kind of hoping that's how this season ends up, where it's just like they've got something really great up their sleeve for the last three or four episodes. I don't think that they do, unfortunately. But yep. um, yeah, I do think that this this season does a few things probably uh, better than season two. I think they 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 work the 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 crew better in this one that you kind of get more sense for the crew in this one than you do in the last season stuff. Uh, So, you know, I think Starfleet
0: is the Starfleet in this one is a better secondary character than anything. the Season like much than than section 31 or control was in the second season. There's something. Absolutely. You can like rest against there. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's take, uh, we don't need to take a break because we don't have that second clip. So, There's no ratings, but thank you, everybody, for listening. If you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash the Pensky file. A couple dollars a month gets you extra stuff, extra podcasts. We're covering Inception this month, the number seven greatest sci-fi film on Rotten Tomatoes. It's the Chris Nolan movie that everyone knows about. Um, And then we're doing a DS9 revisit. You can get access to those and like 75 plus other podcasts that are available on the Patreon feed. Patreon.com slash the Penske file. And as always, a special thank you. To our captain tier supporters, Christian Pouch, Dark Latif, Chris Tinsley, Mike Burnett, Sean Cardinal Doonsay, Joint Mango, Matt Cutler, Ben Douglas, Jamie Farr from... Jamie Far from MASH? <laughs> yes, from MASH. Samuel <laughs> Custer, Nick Saregi. <Sturkey>. Finally, finally. <laughs> Bradley Killing. The residuals are starting to pour in. Matthew Ross, Rune Vendler, Nathan Elliott, Eric Johnson, Andrew Sherlock, Grim Santo, Point XG, Dwayne Hackett, Paul Roscoe, Jordan Cooper, Derek Zajac, Kevin Reyes, Fall 13 Hero, Stefan Minton, Nick the Rat, Darth Mosk, HH28, Matt Curry 6, Jacob 123, Mike Harris, Shaky's Gamer, Patrick Seba, Captain Brazen, Kevin Lowry, Eric Sancho, Corey Martin, William Scheissler, Zane Majors, Soylent Blue, and Gruppler John Zorn. Thank you very much for supporting the show. And thank you for your residuals from a successful television career. Those guys
1: are going to be able to find out if we can make any sense of that crazy plot in Inception. What's going on in that movie? It's too hard to understand.
0: (laughs) I haven't seen it since it came out. Uh, I have not ever rewatched it. So we'll see. We'll see about it. I don't think I haven't. Mm -hmm. I remember being mildly unimpressed by it, but it's been a very Mm -hmm. long time. Because when did that come out? 2008, probably? yeah it's a while ago a long yeah. time ago so we'll see thank you very much for listening clay do you have anything you want to say before we go you have society uh, coming just, out at some point i don't know if it's the next yep, one soci- well society actually will be our
1: first episode of 2021 Oh, okay. so it's it's quite a ways off we've got um actually we just had a new badass come out this past week which was uh lion and the unicorn and showdown which are two interesting episodes of batman the animated series next week is it the 20, 2018 or 2017 uh, It movie for Rotten Horror Picture Show, which should be fun. Oh, I, I wanted to mention one thing. Did you watch the trailer for next week's episode? hmm It looks like they are bringing back, however briefly, the fact that Burnham grew up as a Vulcan. Because there's one shot there's a of shot a of, young... shot of child
0: her, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: I assume it's child her. I, I went back and I paused it and there were no pointy ears, so I assume it's her. But she's um, talking
0: to Romulans, I think, in the episode.
1: Yeah. But that's that's like I assume it's gonna be brought up maybe for one scene and then maybe this one episode and never brought up again. So it's I still I still don't think it counts as a character trait.
0: <laughs> as much as brushing your teeth is a character trait, it just happens every right. once in a while. Right. Um Yes, it's called Unification Three. So the Romulans in it make sense. I would assume although maybe I'm over-assuming that uh, since the Vulcans and the Romulans share a heritage that Burnham will be the link that can connect them back to the Federation or something. The, the implication sure. I got there was that the Romulans joined the Federation, which I think would be um, something that this show would consider to be a success, I think, which would be like the feather in their caps or something. But we'll see. It'll probably happen in the first five minutes and then something else will happen.
1: And then you'll find out that the Romulans actually caused everything.
0: That's right. They don't use dilithium.
1: incest Romulans.
0: That'll be the point to see if the show's um, not paying attention. That sounds too critical. But every time the Romulans showed up in the old series, it was always a big point that they don't use warp drives. They use something else. So we'll see if the Romulans are the the species that that are uh, fully at warp speed, moving around or whatever. Like,
1: shouldn't that honestly be what the setup is then? That... The Federation has fallen apart and Starfleet's fallen apart because Dilithium's blown up and now the Romulans run everything because yep. the Romulans have superior technology or something.
0: You would think. We haven't gotten any sense that anyone out there is warping around and that the Federation is behind the eight ball. You would think that would be the natural uh, source of tension. You know, it's like Federation would just be getting attacked and they can't counter because the ships would just warp away and they're stuck there going like It's like a zergling rush or something and then just running off. Mm-hmm.
1: But I. I also, we kind we didn't talk about this, and I'm, I know we're, we're running long, but uh, th- there's a moment at the beginning where Vance says, uh, or uh, he's sending out people on 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 their missions and whatnot, and then I think Burnham is like, well, we have this technology. We can do all this stuff in like five seconds. And he's like, we need you here just in case we need you to go to this other place. If I was Burnham, I'd be like, yeah, I get it. We can do all of this stuff. We don't have to send people out for two months. We can jump and do that thing like in they 25 not,
0: minutes. Do they not? Isn't that part of Saru's voiceover where he says Discovery and the crew have been doing missions for the past little bit for the Federation? Oh, I don't remember. I, th- I think he does. I think he implies that they've time has passed and they have uh, been using the spore drive to reach Federation colonies that have not been contacted oh, in a long okay, time. Oh, I Okay, never
1: mind. You can tell time has passed because of Saru's mustache. That's that right. <laughs>
0: That's it. Thank you very much. Patreon.com slash The Penske File if you want to support the show. Otherwise, we will be back with Unification Part 3, which is the next Discovery episode. Enterprise continues as usual and all the other shows, Rotten Horror Picture Show and Badass are on ThePenskeFile.com or YouTube, whichever you prefer. Thank you very much, guys, for listening. Let us know what you thought about this episode down below in the comments or write an email. And otherwise, we'll be back. Say ya.